Old powers waken, shadows stir. An age of wonder and terror will soon be upon us. An age for gods and heroes. The glass candles are burning, and you're listening to the Obsidian Knights Podcast. Hello, my sweet summer children. I'm back with the juice to get you through the long night. And I'm back with another episode of the Obsidian Nights podcast, where we go through a Song of Ice and Fire chapter by chapter. And today we are doing a Game of Thrones Daenerys 7. And I'm joined by my special guest, Mandy. Mandy, would you like to tell the people who you are and where they can find you? I'm sure they know you by now. <laughs> they probably do. Um, I'm Mandy, aka Nim. I am one quarter of Direwolf City, and I run the Gray Area Discord server, do all the scheduling for the Obsidian Nights podcast. You can find me on Twitter or Instagram at Nim's Shadow. Whoop, whoop. So today we're going to be talking about my girl, Danny. So the chapter opens up and it says, when the battle was done, Danny rolled her silver through the fields of the dead. Her handmaids and the men of her cause came after, smiling and jesting among themselves. Dothraki hooves had torn the earth and trampled the rye and lentils into the ground, while arrax and arrows had sown a terrible new crop and watered it with blood. Dying horses lifted their heads and screamed at her as she rode past. Wounded men moaned and prayed. Jacaran moved among them, the mercy men with their heavy axes, taking a harvest of heads from the dead and dying alike. After them would scurry a flock of small girls pulling arrows from the corpses to fill their baskets. Last of all, the dogs would come sniffing, lean and hungry, the feral pack that was never far behind the Kalasar. Jesus what a fucking scene it's i mean no matter how like i don't think i would ever get used to that no matter how many times i saw it like that would be fucking rough yeah like it's i think danny even danny's like kind of shocked by it she's kind of like oh um yeah it would be hard not to be yeah um and like all the sheep were slaughtered like there were sheeps all slaughtered um call ogo's riders had done that danny mm-hmm. knew no man of drogo's kalasar would be such a fool as to waste his arrows on sheep when there were shepherds yet to kill like the town is burning down like there's smoke all in the sky like it's a mess bodies <laughs> everywhere um She says, mothers stumbled along with blank, dead faces, pulling sobbing children by the hand. There were only a few men among them, cripples, cowards, and grandfathers. Like, so this is the attack on Miri Mazdor's village, um, the attack on the Lazarine people. Uh, The Dothraki call them the land men. So... D- Danny like men, right? or, yeah the milkman um yeah. Danny thinks that they have um like if she would have saw them she would have just thought they were like just Dothraki like they look like Dothraki mm-hmm. they have the almond eyes they have the copper skin um but they're like a very peaceful people 
like they're nothing like the Dothraki. Like they're herders, and right. and, and they're they're vegetarians. They like they don't eat meat mm-hmm. and shit. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, they they couldn't be more different from the Dothraki. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a pretty pretty fucking sad scene like there's a kid that's like getting like whipped like he's like getting whipped and running (laughs) bread with blood through the streets yeah Yeah. um it's rough yeah and like her she's like just walking through it and it's like i don't know we she does it like she isn't really having that many thoughts it's kind of like she's, yeah she's just kind of taking it all in yeah she's taking it all in um call drogo is waiting for her so she's like okay like is he okay and jor jor's like you know he has a few cuts nothing of consequence <laughs> <laughs> so he had slew two calls so yeah. drogo fought two other Kalasars, Drogo's Kalasar fought two other Kalasars in the middle of fighting the Lazari. Well, like all this in one day. Right. All in one day. While, while they're slaughtering and taking over this village or town or what, I don't know how big it is, but he's well, taking down two other whole cause. Right. Like, so it wasn't, it wasn't two Kalasars. I, I need to correct that. It was two cause. So he killed the father and the son, Right. Right. Um, and that was Call Ogo's Kalasar. Mm-hmm. Um, so it says Ogo and his son had shared the high bench with her lord husband at the naming feast where Viserys had been crowned, but that was in Vastor Thrak, beneath the mother of the mountains, where every rider was a brother and all quarrels were put aside. It was different out in the grass. Ogo's Kalasar had been attacking the town when Call Drogo caught him. She wondered what the landmen had thought when the first saw the dust of their horses from atop those cracked mud walls. Perhaps a few, the younger and more foolish, who still believed that the gods heard prayers of desperate men, took it for deliverance. Um, <laughs> damn, Danny. Thought, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, because his, his Kalasar is pretty big. Like, Drogo has a lot of writers. So mm-hmm. it, it would have been a terrifying sight to, like, as you're, again, as you're slaughtering and taking over a city, someone else comes in and now you've got to fight on the front and the back. Right. You got to slaughter them and you're going to slaughter the city. And when Danny talks about the deliverance, she says, like, she sees a girl no older than herself sobbing in a high, thin voice as Ryder shoved her over a pile of corpses, face down, and thrust himself inside her. Other riders dismounted to take their turns. That was the sort of deliverance the Dothraki brought the landman. I am blood of the dragon, Daenerys Targaryen reminded herself as she turned her face away. She pressed her lips together and hardened her heart and rolled on towards the gate. So this is very important because Danny is a very empathetic person but in this mm-hmm. moment she's not empathetic at all like in that moment that she turns away from that girl and just like i need to just push through this it's some real if i look back i am lost type shit absolutely 
Yeah. And, and the, the scene is so overwhelming in and of itself. Yeah. And the day has been over so overwhelming that yeah. even like the visceral reaction in me that would jump down off that horse and start punching motherfuckers in the back of the head, like I probably would have frozen too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because and- you're surrounded by all of this death and all of these these huge men who just got done murdering God knows how many people. And you're going to run up to them and make them stop. How? (laughs) Right. Right. And she like, she isn't used to it, but she's been getting like desensitized to it since her wedding, like Mm -hmm. since, since her time with the Dothraki, like she's been with them for a while now. Um, she, she's not used to it, but man, like she never, I don't think she ever gets used to it, but she is definitely way more desensitized to it than she was on her wedding day. Right. So Drogo has taken like 10,000 captives and Danny says slaves, Danny thought, called Drogo would drive them downriver to one of the towns on Slaver's Bay. She wanted to cry, but she told herself that she must be strong. This is war. This is what it looks like. This is the price of the Iron Throne. And I'm like, this person that she is right now, this, this uh, by any means necessary type of person dies Mm -hmm. like dies when she rebirths dragons like I feel like that part of her dies because she doesn't go the any means necessary route we see later in the books like in marine she's she's not any means necessary she kind of like when it comes time for her to to where she has the means and she has Mm -hmm. the way to go home she doesn't take it because she'd rather protect her city and her children right and I'm gonna be honest with you this is one of the Daenerys scenes of the books where I judged her kind of harshly and I I kind of thought like what the hell is wrong with you for for quite a while and as I was rereading it the last time I I was looking at at what Danny was going through leading up to this moment and how when she's she's riding through the sea and she wants to die yeah she does she's miserable she doesn't care about anything to do with her life she doesn't care about people she's around she doesn't she can't let herself feel anything because all she feels is misery yeah and And i feel like go ahead no go ahead i was gonna say and she she can empathize with these people not directly Mm -hmm. but like okay she she I I feel like she can empathize with these people because she in fact was sold against her will to call Drogo and she was taken against her will so she became she 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 started to love him but like what other choice did she have Right. It's very much like, is it, is it love or is it a Stockholm syndrome situation? Right. But because she's been in that place of so much misery and there was nothing she could do to change her situation, there was nothing anyone else could do to change her situation. And so a part of her had learned to just kind of accept it for what it was. And if things are going to change and get better than they will, but there's nothing I can do about it. Yeah. And when she is going towards call Drogo, she does turn around to that girl that's being raped and she's like, make them stop. Yeah. 
and Jorah's like as the girl um, starts screaming yeah Jorah's like the, uh, the way I looked at it was when when the girl's anguish became so much that she screamed yeah she couldn't block it out anymore no, she couldn't she couldn't over like she couldn't just keep pushing forward she had to stop and that's like that's a a big part of her story that's a big part of why mm-hmm. she's been in marine for so long because she can't she, yeah, she can't is, look away from that anyway. yeah she can't look away for bad from from the bad shit and she always gets shit on by a lot of people because oh, she uses her dragons to do this and she kills people right. too and she does this, but like she's doing the, the things that she does nine times out of 10 are no fucking benefit to her. There are right. no benefit to her and to her ultimate goal. They actually work against her. Even this right here that she does ultimately works against her. This mm-hmm. kind heart, this empathetic heart that she has, it works against her just like Ned Stark. Like Ned Stark yeah, has this. She's punished for doing the right thing. Yeah, she's punished constantly for doing the right thing. When, and and I think a lot of um, that, if I look back, I'm lost, has to do with her just moving forward and not paying attention to like the surrounding things and all of that. Like it sounds harsh, but on a personal level, like, you have to look out for yourself before you can look out for other people. And a lot of times when Daenerys looks out for other people, she winds up fucked utterly. Yeah. yeah. Utterly. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> it's like the, the thing in the airplane, like put the oxygen mask on yourself first. Right. <laughs> you have to, you have to make sure that you're taken care of, that you're okay enough to take care of others. And if you don't, then everything's going to fall apart. Right. But see, she's not the type of person. She's not the type of person to, to like worry about herself or what anybody thinks of her or ain't like, she no, just, she acts, with that. yeah, she acts on like pure instinct, pure empathy, pure emotion, just like human, like human to human. She feels sorry for these girls. She feels like she needs to protect them. She wants to protect them. She wishes she had somebody in her life that could protect her like that. And that's why ultimately she can't turn away, even though she tries to make herself and she reminds herself, I'm blood of the dragon. Like I'm, I'm egg, I'm seed of egg on the conqueror. Like I can't just be like all soft and shit. Like, (laughs) but she is. She doesn't know these girls. She She doesn't doesn't know them. She doesn't owe them anything, but she still can't make herself leave them to this, this fate that they have no control over. Right. So she tells Jorah, like, I want no rape, make them stop. And Jorah's like, princess, um, you have a gentle heart, but you do not understand. This is how it has always been. Those men have shed blood for their call. Now they claim their reward. Across the road, the girl was still crying, her high sing-song tongue strange to Danny's ears. The first man was done with her now, and a second had taken his place. She is a lamb girl, Carl said in Dothraki. She is nothing, Khaleesi. The riders do her honor. The lamb men lay with sheep. It is known. It is known, Eerie echoed. It is known, agreed Jogo. 
It is known, agreed Jogo. Astride the tall gray stallion that Drogo had given him. If her, if her wailing offends your ears, Khaleesi, Jogo will bring you her tongue. He drew his, I will not have her harmed, Danny said. I claim her. Do as I command you or call Drogo will know the reason why. So Danny's basically like, she can't take it anymore. He can't, she no, can't take took, it. That took balls. I'm sorry. That took balls for her it to did. stand up like that it and did. say, I don't care that this is how you've been doing it for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. You're not doing this anymore. Right. And if you got a problem with it, my husband will deal with it. Like, yeah, that's huge. Yes. Queen. And no woman, no woman, <laughs> right. No woman has ever stood up to them before. Yes. I can guarantee no woman has ever stood up to them before. And she did. Jorah's a huge moment for her. And Jorah tells her, the knight gave her a curious look. You are your brother's sister in truth. Viserys? She did not understand. No, he answered, Rhaegar. So yeah, Rhaegar is not the type of person that would have allowed that shit to go down either. Like he was, he was a very loved prince, always giving money to the common folk and shit. So like the as, the, the smallest loved was, right now. <laughs> yeah. Emo, <laughs> emo motherfucker. Um so, <laughs> so basically, like um they keep fucking her. They keep fucking the, the like like this whole chapter is fucking gross. <laughs> it is. It's it's hard to get through sometimes. And like um she so she tells Dorea like to see to her hurts. Um and she says and she says for Dorea to do it because Dorea doesn't look like Dothraki, so she might not be right. so fucking scared. Um and then I, um, I mean the the, the other the other handmaids too, they were kind of like not not with it but they were supportive like, okay, of like, the, supportive of like, the race this is what happens <laughs> yeah like it so, is so known it, it probably yeah it probably was a, a more like a more comforting presence for this poor girl yeah and so, yeah it, that was a good call <laughs> it was so when they get inside of the town because they were just on the outside of the town when they get inside right, of the town, even in the town yet Right. They see houses on fire, <laughs> headless corpses, like um, they pass more women being um, raped. And each time they pass the woman being raped, Danny would stop and um, make her cause go put an end to it. And she would claim the women as a slave. So um, one of them is a thick bodied, flat nosed woman of 40 years, blessed Danny haltingly in the common tongue. But from the others, she got only flat black stares. They were suspicious of her. She realized with sadness, afraid that she had saved them from some worse fate. You cannot claim them all, child, Sir Jorah said, the fourth time they stopped, while the warriors of her (laughs) cause herded her new slaves behind her. I am Khaleesi, heir to the seven kingdoms, the blood of the dragon, Danny reminded him. It is not for you to tell me what I cannot do. She said, try me, bitch. <laughs> yes, I fucking love it. She's hearing like children screaming. Like it is a mess. But um, yeah, there's like a collapsed building 
Yeah, there's and a collapse. Like a, it's on fire, and she's like you said. There's kids screaming and wailing. Hell yeah! So she finally yeah. finds Drogo, and he's seated before a square, windowless temple with thick mud walls and bo- and a bulbous dome like some immense brown onion. Beside him was a pile of heads taller than he was. One of the short arrows of the landmen stuck through the meat of his upper arm and blood covered the left side of his bare chest like a splash of paint. His three blood riders were with him. Jiki helped Danny dismount. She had grown clumsy as her belly grew larger and heavier. She knelt before the call. My son in stars is wounded. The, uh, the Arak cut was wide but shallow. His left nipple was gone and a flap of bloody (laughs) flesh and skin dangled from his chest like a wet rag. So I hated, I hated in the show (laughs) that they made his wound like so minimal. Oh, it was like a nick on his collarbone. In the show, right. Nothing. But like, yo, his nipple is gone. His His nipple nipple is gone. gone. His shit is hanging. Like I know... I know that they're just for decoration, but it's your fucking nipple. They're not just for decoration. There's some sensation in there. Men don't like their nipples played with. Damn, I mean, some waste. do, but I mean, like, they're I've not been like, wasting my time with that. Then they're like, I'm they're just they don't lactate. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. I'm saying they don't lactate. They're just decorative. Okay, okay, okay. They don't. They don't have like a function. Function, but still, it's your nipple. Yeah. And it's hanging off, and there's like this big flap of flesh and skin dangling from his chest, like a wet rag. A Imagine wet that. Rag. Imagine no. that. So, like, it's no. not a mosquito bite. It's not a mosquito bite. It's a it's a grave. Like, I won't say grave. Like, it if if he was to present to the ER like that, a lot would be done for him. He would be there all yeah. night. He would be there all night. He would get stitches. If my if my nipple was hanging off, dangling, dangling from my chest, I would consider that pretty severe. Yeah, it's definitely severe. Like not yeah. even considering like the kind of nerve damage and all that shit. So like yeah. when they'd be like, oh, it's just a mosquito bite. I'm like, okay. So he says what- it's a scratch. <laughs> One of the things I'm getting at is I don't think Miri Mazdor purposely killed him. I don't think she purposely I don't either. killed him. I don't think she purposely killed him. I don't him. either. I, in the beginning, I did. But the more I talked actually with you about it, and I, I kind of looked at, at everything that was going on in the mm-hmm. situation, not just she was like, out for vengeance um which is how i originally took the text yeah um i saw that of course you were right and she she wasn't out to murder drogo no i think now i think she knew he wasn't going to listen to her though and we'll we'll get to that but i like in the show it it honestly it looks like it in the show because the wound is so insignificant like the 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 wound in the show looks like something that you cannot possibly die from. But this wound mm-hmm. that he has here, if he's not following instructions, he could easily die from, especially during that time period. Like if we're talking medieval times, no right. antibiotics. And the wound is right, 
the wound is right over his heart. Yes. So yes. if the infection spreads at all, it's going straight to your heart and yes. you're going to get a blood infection. Yes. So, so um, I think, like you said, I think she knew what was going to happen, but I don't think she did it on purpose. Yeah. I think she left it up to him. And she's like, this motherfucker. And she was cool with it either way. Yeah, she was cool with it. <laughs> she was cool with it either way, but I don't think she was like, yeah, I don't I don't think it was at all how the show did it. As most things. So Magoo pulls up on him and he says that the Khaleesi has taken his spoils, a daughter of the lambs who was his to mount. Called Drogo's face was still and hard, but his black eyes were curious as they went to Danny. Tell me the truth of this, moon of my life. Danny told him what she had done in his own tongue so the call would understand her better. Her words simple and direct. When she was done, Drogo was frowning. This is the way of war. These women are our slaves now to do with as we please. It pleases me to hold them safe, Danny said, wondering if she had dared too much. If your warriors would mount these women, let them take them gently and keep them for wives, give them places in the Kalasar and let them bear you sons. Kothar was never, Kothar was ever the crudest, crudest, Kothar was ever the crudest of the blood riders. It was he who laughed. Does the horse breed with the sheep? Something in his tone reminded her of Viserys. Danny turned on him angrily. The dragon feeds on horse and sheep alike. I'm like, yes, bitch. <laughs> Tell them. <laughs> Tell them. Yeah. And that and, remi- and doesn't he say right now? Oh yeah, it's it's Drogo's next line. Never mind. But it, no, it's he's right. She's she's really like coming into who she is in this moment. It's yeah, her first taste of like of having any kind of, of power. Power. Yeah. Really, it is. She hasn't had any say in anything. In her whole life. Nope. Until she finally puts her foot down and says, stop. Basically, like, I can't take this shit no more. This is how it's going to be. And um, this makes Drogo smile, of course. But it reminded me, like, when she says the dragon feeds on horse and sheep alike, it reminded me of that season eight line when she tells Oh, whatever it wants. (laughs) Whatever it wants. What do dragons eat anyway? Whatever they want. <laughs> I was like wolves, bitch. <laughs> if she'd have said wolves, I'd have died. Um, so he right. so it makes him smile, makes Drogo smile because Drogo's like, yes, yeah, that's my son in her, the that's filling her with such fire, the stallion who mounts the world the world. Um, ride slowly, Kotho. If the mother does not burn you where you sit, the sun will trample you into the mud. And you, Magoo, hold your tongue and find another lamb to mount. These belong to my Khaleesi. He started to reach out a hand to Daenerys, but as he lifted his arm, Drogo grimaced in sudden pain and turned his head. So this is where it goes down. So Danny is like, you know, where are the healers? Um, so the barren women and the eunuchs are based are in the eunuch slaves are the healers and um there's also the herb herb women that like you know use potions and spells and stuff like that potions and spells yeah yeah so um all the riders are hurt so like they're well not all but a lot of them are hurt so they're tending to the other riders 
like Khal Drogo's like I want them to take care of them first which is weird because he don't seem like that type of guy for real <laughs> he does not <laughs> seem like that type of guy let them be I healed mean, first to me to me he does because he's such he's such a tough guy uh toxic masculinity that he's just like i'm fine go take care of the other you know the little bitches that need you you know what i mean that to me rang super true to him and for him to just be like i'm fine i don't need anything hell yeah i mean that does make sense also also he he needs his writers they're they're his fighters so they're like what is negan always saying in the walking dead people are a resource like that's his his whole like force behind him is his writers. Yeah, that's so true. He needs them to be healthy and strong. Toxic masculinity killed so many people in a song of ice and fire. <laughs> yeah, when Drogo was, I think, probably one of the first. At Robert too. Thinking like he could just be drunk as fuck and still that's true. Kill a boar. Yeah, that's true. Um, so Danny's like looking at Call Drogo. It, it says Danny could see the muscles in his chest where the skin had been cut away. A trickle uh-huh. of blood ran from the arrow that pierced his arm. It is not for the Call Drogo to wait, she proclaimed. Drogo, seek out these eunuchs and bring them here at once. And that's when Miriam Asdor stepped forth. Silver Lady, a woman's voice said behind her, I can help the great rider with his hurts. Danny turned her head. The speaker was one of the slaves she had claimed, the heavy, flat-nosed woman who had blessed her. The call needs no help from a woman who lie with sheep, barked Kotho. Agu cut out her tongue. Agu grabbed her hair and pressed a knife to her throat. Danny lifted a hand. No, she is mine. Let her speak. Agu looked from her to Kotho. He lowered his knife. And she basically says, like, you know, I don't mean no harm. Like, I, I'm just like, I have skills in the healing arts. And then Danny. She says, I had some small skill in the healing arts. She's downplaying herself so much right now. Very, very much, very much so. I mean, well, she does say that she's God's wife of a temple. So you don't get to be God's wife. And she, she does in the next couple of of paragraphs mention Marwin for the first time. Mm -hmm. So if she knew anything about the seven kingdoms or she knew anything about, you know, the maesters, she would have been like, oh, <laughs> but right. of course she's never even been to Westeros. So she and you no know, idea. Viserys didn't take no time to tell her about the maesters. <laughs> like, oh, of course not. that was not part of her education. All she learned about no. was the trident and the sacking of King's Landing and that, 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 never, never any like, Oh, and these people are maesters and they did their this and this is their names. Nah. So the Dothraki call her a magi, a magi, ma- magi. magi. The Dothraki call her a magi. And they say a magi was a woman who lay with demons and practiced the blackest of sorceries, a vile thing, evil and soulless, who came to men in the dark of night and sucked life and strength from their bodies. And she says, I am a healer, a healer of sheeps, sneered Kotho. And then Danny's like convinces him to let Mary Mazdor. Well, she she tries to convince him, but Mary, you know, tells her about, like you said, about Marwin, about her um being in a shy. Danny, Danny asked her, "Where did you learn your healing?" And she says, 
a maester. And she actually names Marwyn, who, of course, we don't find out more about until way later. Um, And I don't, I think Jorah speaks up. Yeah, he says a maester. And that's when she says Marwyn. And he has never heard of Maester Marwyn either. Of course, he's Mm. been exiled for years. But she tells, she tells him that Marwyn has been in Ashai. Yes. yes. So we're getting little bits and pieces of very interesting information early on before this has any bearing on us, before we have any idea of what the hell they're talking about. But Marwyn in Ashai is Mm -hmm. huge news. Yeah, that is. Especially when he has the glass candle and all at the Citadel. Also, which we also have no idea about yet. There's all these little like breadcrumbs that are Mm -hmm. leading us to our where we are in the story and it's like on the reread is when you're like oh shit I didn't even catch that the first time I had never heard the name Marwin before right so it's it's interesting like the little pieces that that you find out when you when you read it again and it's almost one like a book that you have to read more than once oh you have to you have to because you there's so much that's just like nonchalantly cast off in the beginning mm-hmm. that doesn't make any fucking sense um it's funny that you mentioned that she said she knows a little healing but then she gives out her fucking resume and it's like um my mother was a god's wife before me she taught me all the songs and spells most pleasing to the great shepherds and how to make the sacred smokes and ointments from leaf and root and berry when i was younger and more fair i went in a caravan to ashai by the shadow to learn from their mages ships from many lands come to ashai so i lingered long to study the healing ways of distant peoples a moon singer of the jogos nai gifted me with her birthing songs a woman of your own riding people taught me the magics of grass and corn and horse and maester and a maester from the sunset lands opened a body for me and showed me all the secrets that hide beneath the skin. So that maester that is was- huge news too. Yeah. That that's what Marwin was doing there because then later we learn about, um, oh my gosh, my brain, uh, Kyburn and all about him. And so we have all of these other parallels that we and I have think, the other side to. And I think Kyburn says that Ma- Marwin is like the only good maester at the Citadel. Yeah. And it's because he's into the weird shit like this. <laughs> right. So it seems like, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> but can we, can we also mention what a badass Mary Mazdur is for hopping in a caravan and going all the way to fucking a shy? Right no fear fearless bitch none whatsoever because this small like i call it small it's not from from carf yeah the the trek that she takes like people are dropping like flies it is dangerous and she goes almost twice that distance miriam as does in a caravan when she's younger yeah yeah she's she's hard road She's fearless. She's she's fearless. And I, I would say, like, to me, a shy seems like a knowledge hub, kind of like a, um, like the way she says it about all the things that she learned from different people. Mm-hmm. It seems like some kind of like elite trading uh, secrets hub or some shit. Yeah. Like, a shy, a shy, a shy to learn from each other. 
Ashai, yeah, Ashai is always fascinating to me. And it's, it's like this big melting pot because there's people from all over. It's the only port on what we assume is the east coast of Essos. Yeah, yeah. And because beyond that is, you know, the Shadowlands. And that sounds fucking terrifying. <laughs> we know that there's just like wild wyverns and, and worms and dragons and all kinds of stuff there that no one will actually go there. And we also know that Marwyn, at the time period that Marwyn went there, it had to be while, it had to be before Robert Baratheon became king. Because right. it says when when um, Jorah asks, you know, Marwyn, um, and she says, from the sea, beyond the sea, the seven lands, he said, or sunset lands where men are iron and dragons rule. He taught me this speech. So she still thinks that the dragons rule over there. The dragons rule. Right. And also, we're also told Mary Mesdor's age, um, that she's 40-ish mm-hmm. and that she went to a shy when she was a young girl. Yep. So likely, I would say likely he went over there during the time. Could it have been? During the time of Egg. I think it is. He commissioned journeys to a shy. Egg mm-hmm. commissioned journeys to a shy for Dragon Lore. Right. And he sent Marwyn. He sent and that was Marwyn. Where Marwyn became obsessed with dragons and glass candles and you heard it here first weird. on the Obsidian Knights podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, like I literally just thought of that. Just, or we, don't let me say it. We <laughs> just thought of that. <laughs> well, so, it makes perfect sense because Egg was Egg was into all of that, you know, mm-hmm. lore and trying to rehatch dragons. Like he was obsessed with it. Uh, we need to do a Maester video now. I know, because it was Marwyn. Maesters in the faith. It was Mar. I'm it was definitely Maesters in the faith. I know. We, I'm I tweeting know. about this. I'm tweeting about it after this episode. I'm tweeting about it. I'm <laughs> tweeting about it. Um, so, um, so D- Danny asks her, you know, why would you want to help him? Why would you want to help him? And um, she's like, all oh, men are a flock, or so we are taught. The great shepherd sent me to earth to heal his lambs, wherever I might find them. And for that, the Kotho slaps the shit out of her and like, we're not fucking lambs. <laughs> we're, we're not fucking sheep. He's <laughs> such a salty bitch. And then um, he, Drogo's like, you know, this arrow's got to come out. And then Miri's like, yes, great rider. Yes, it does. It does. And then he says, do it. Do it then. So he she wants him to take her to the god's house where the healing powers are the strongest and um they go there and so the reason i don't want to go like over everything because not that much happens i mean she she uh cleans the wound like she cleans the wound um, when they get there. Wait, I think I skipped a whole lot of shit. It's just them taking him there. Oh yeah. So when they take him there, like 
fresh blood is like a, a wave of blood. A wave of yeah, blood. Yeah, because again, his nipple is dangling. Yeah. A wave of blood comes down and they're going to this mud temple. Um, so hold up. And it's it's another it's another chamber with um the bulbous uh onion roof yeah. thing. And that makes me think of like um in in Eastern Europe and really like far north, like in Russia, they've got those big temples that have the big like she said like she said it looks like an onion sitting on top of the towers it's really beautiful architecture but it's interesting to me that they have this kind of building on mud huts yeah like that's that's fucking impressive that is it is like it's it's interesting (laughs) to me that they have that kind of shit like I don't know it's it it seems out of place for how they're describing their land Mm -hmm. it's just like they're making this awesome architecture out of mud but I mean they're yeah it's cool so there's like windows in the tops of these um these onions on top of their towers and the light comes down through there and there's torches burning and it's really smoky inside there's like uh torches on the sconces in the walls Mm -hmm. and when they get in there there's sheepskins all over the floor and they lay him down on sheepskin um on a blue veined stone which to me says marble so they've yeah. got a big marble slab um that Where'd is y'all get carved, that? right Once the, again, only, the only blue veined, weird. the only blue veined marble i know about is in the veil of Aaron. exactly it's kind all of these things are kind of out of place so that tells me that Miriam Azdor is not only bringing back knowledge, but Yo, connections. What if, <laughs> what if Nettles? What if Nettles left the Vale of Aaron and and came out there with the land people? Since sheep stealer loves sheep and shit so much, that'd be crazy. Yo, <laughs> what if she did? Right. Remember, they're always saying Valyrians used to be sheep herders and um, fuck sheep. Yeah, girl, that would be crazy. And sheep stealers just like cruising over Essos, and sheep stealers like, oh shit, sheep. This whole time, this whole time, (laughs) dude. Yo, that shit. Okay, sheep stealer would have been in heaven. All those fucking sheep, right? Um, so she's best basically. Yeah, love that for you, <laughs> sheep stealer. Um, <laughs> she basically is telling them, Mary Mazor is like, you know, y'all can wait outside. And they're like, fuck no. And let me tell you something. Whatever happens to him, you're going to suffer the same. And she doesn't say anything. Mm-hmm. Danny's like, she'll do no harm. But she doesn't say it. She doesn't say it. She just is like, All right, if you stay, then help. And then she like... Um, tells them to hold him still so she could take the arrow out and all this stuff and then she has a carved chest of bottles and boxes knives and needles and then um she breaks off the arrowhead and pulled it out um and while she's pulling it out she's like singing some kind of song in the lazarine tongue um Mm -hmm. and she pours like boiling wine onto it onto his wounds 
and Khal Drogo's cussing. Like every time they talk about pouring boiling wine on wounds, that sounds so fucking painful. Hell yeah. Because wine in a, in and of itself would hurt. Like room temperature wine would hurt. <laughs> right, because it's but alcohol. This boiling. Yeah. But yeah. it's boiling. So as it's it's like sterilizing, it's burning the flesh. Like it sounds so painful. Yeah. So she um bounds the wound with a plaster of wet leaves and then goes to the gash on his breast and she like smears it with this pale green paste and then she pulls the skin back into place and um she's like the flap of skin yes (laughs) and she takes word to describe it right she takes a needle and thread and she's like starts to sew it up um and then she painted the skin with a red ointment, covered it with more leaves, and bound the breast in a ragged piece of lambskin. And she says, you must say the prayers I give you and keep the lambskin in place for 10 days and 10 nights. There will be a fever and itching and a great scar when the healing is done. Called Drogo sat, bells ringing. I sing of my scars, sheep woman. He flexed his arm and scowled. Drink neither wine nor milk of the poppy, she cautioned him. Pain you will have, but you must keep your body strong to fight the poison spirits. I am called Drogo. I I am called, Drogo said. I spit on pain and drink what I like. Koholo, bring my vest. The older man hastened off. Before, Danny said to the ugly Lazarine woman, I heard you speak of birthing songs. I know every secret of the bloody bed, sober lady. Nor have I ever lost a babe, Mary Mazdor replied. My time is near, Danny said. I would have you attend me when he comes, if you would. Caldrogo laughed. Moon of my life, you do not ask a slave. You tell her. She will do as you command. He jumped down from the altar. Come, my blood. The stallions call. This place is ashes. It is time to ride. Hago followed the call from the temple, but Kotho lingered long enough to favor Mary Mazdor with a stare. Remember, Meiji, as the call fares, so shall you. As you say, Ryder, the woman answered him, gathering up her jars and bottles. The great shepherd guards the flock. Listen, Mary Mazdor knows motherfucking well when she did all that shit to him that A, <laughs> motherfucking number one, Call Drogo <laughs> was not singing no Lazarine songs. No. He wasn't. So it's like, okay, she didn't purposely kill, but she knew he wasn't going to listen to that shit. Like, like, and he doesn't, he doesn't, he, he takes off the POTUS later in in a later chapter. He takes off the Mm -hmm. POTUS. He's drinking beer after she told him not to. He's drinking milk of the poppy after she told him not to. He mm-hmm. he's doing every fucking thing that she told him not to, and he is not singing no Lazarine song. And no. she knew that he wouldn't follow his directions, and she knew that he would die, and she knew that she pri- she might die too. But I feel like she wanted to die. Yeah, like she what what did she have left? She's seen her whole village slaughtered. And I don't feel bad that she did that. Like, I don't feel bad. Like, 
I don't feel like she's wrong for doing that. As the old gods say, a man has their right to their vengeance. No, and she didn't have any control over what he did. She might have known that he wasn't going to do it, but she couldn't make him do it. Right. It was his own free will. Right. He died off his own free will. That's why, like, she tried to help you, but your toxic masculinity got in the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. that is Daenerys seven. Um, did you have anything that you wanted to add? I don't think so. Uh- All righty. So, okay, guys, I will see you next week. And you guys have a good day. Thank you for listening. And we will see you next week. Okay, my sweet summer children, have a good day.